Here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. You ain't fed us in days. We ain't given sleep, can barely stand up. Now you got us playing with swords. I don't wish to be here any more than you do. I'll hazard a guess. You all imagine there are better fates for you out there in the world. But out there, you have nothing. But here, we offer strength, purpose, respect, a chance at surviving the varied horrors waiting out there. If you don't want that, then this is wasted on you. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we pop in video game adaptations into film and TV and such. Uh, and I say in TV and such because this is a film, but it's a Netflix film, so I don't really know how well that translates. And we just, we look for the good in them. I am Nick Moore. With me, as always, are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. Good day, everybody. And Mark. Hello, hello, hello. So as we mentioned before, we're looking to do something just a little bit different. We're still looking at adaptations, but rather than trying to find a direct adaptation like Mario Brothers being adapted into a film or Detective Pokemon, which was surprisingly faithful to the game, much to my <laughs> surprise, we're looking at video game adaptations where they're just taking the world and adapting it and kind of making their own thing. This first one feels like a little bit of a cheat because I suppose you could argue that it was a series of books long before it was a video game, but The Witcher, it's not really in contestation that the video games are what made it popular and then the Netflix show made it super popular. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the anime film, uh, The Witcher, what is the, the full tagline of this? Nightmare of the Wolf. Nightmare of the Wolf, yeah. yeah. Yes, which came out in 2021. It's an hour and a half long. It looks very much like it was made animation-wise by the same studio that did uh, Castlevania for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I have to assume it's the, the same animation house because it looks very similar. Yep. I totally thought that the whole, the whole time. 100%. And from my very limited understanding, this seems like a prequel of sorts to the actual Witcher TV series. Correct. Right. Now, myself, I am not a huge Witcher fan. I've never taken the time to watch the actual show. And I have The Witcher 2 on my PC. I have yet to install it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have a lot of knowledge. I'm just told that they are beloved. And Mark, I think you are yeah. the fan out of the three of us. So let's start with your thoughts. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know what? I have so fun memory. I feel like it was a thousand years ago because we're old. <laughs> I think at one point somebody lent me a copy of one of the first Witcher games on PC. And it was so complex. I was like, this is impossible to play. I'm getting carpal tunnels because there were so many things to do. <laughs> so the first game I really jumped into was The Witcher 3, which then made me interested in the series, which I watched. 
shed a silent tear for Henry Cavill leaving. Mm. So I picked up the books. So I've read the first uh, book, which is the first few books, a series of short stories, then leads into longer novels. So when this came out the first time, I was all over it. I, okay. I watched it then and was happy to watch it again now. Solid flick. Again, if you like anime, you'll get you'll love this. If you're a fan of Castlevania specifically, yes, Vesemir okay. is pretty much uh, a Belmont in this. <laughs> the way his personality is, the way he acts, I thought like there was so like when you were saying just the animation, I was like not even the animation, almost the characterization of okay. Vesemir for those who are completely ignorant to this and are a fan of maybe only video games. Vesemir is Geralt, the main character of the Witchers, his mentor. This series looks at a young Vesemir, which is awesome because he's so different from Geralt in all of Geralt's portrayals as being really like stoic with the exception, I would say of the Geralt in the books. He's not maybe as cocky as Vesemir, but he is as like introspective and okay. as like dialogue heavy. So the book Geralt talks more than the video game Geralt. Okay. Now Wayne, to my understanding, you're like me. You went into this with not nearly the breadth of knowledge that Mark has to work with. So no, as someone only... who is a layman, how did it work for you? Did it make sense? Yeah, the only advantage I had over you, Nick, is I've seen the Netflix show. That, okay. That's the difference. But uh, Mark, real quick, the, the books, though, are you enjoying mm. the books from what you've read so far? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, man. I know it's not the movie review, but from a book okay. review, I thought it's really cool the way the first book is actually like a series of short stories, which is actually brilliant because it's almost like um, each chapter is your monster of the chapter. So it's a different monster. <laughs> cool. It's not... It's a connected world without being a fully a too tightly connected story, even though there are people overlapping with each other. Okay. That's more like Conan. For then. someone who's seen this. Yeah. yeah. The first few books are like yeah. that. And then it gets into like a dedicated hardcore, like this novel is about this. Okay. I'm not there yet, but that's what it gets into. But um, from watching the show, elements – like one of the complaints from the first the, – the TV series was like – the way it jumps around and Geralt is at different timelines fighting different monsters. Some of those actual stories are almost pulled from the first book in that short story feature of like Geralt's adventure is fighting this person. Then it's fighting, you know, this okay. monster Then it's fighting. It's very, very similar to the first book. More in depth. Again, Geralt's a bit more talkative and introspective, but it really builds the world that they live in, which I find this Nightmare of the Witcher uh, movie doesn't even deeper dive into it. And if you've seen that Netflix show, which is like the prequel to all the Witcher universe, you really start to understand Witchers, what they are, why they're hated, because that's a big part of what drives the narrative of this movie. And it's interesting. It's just it's kind of really interesting. So yeah, highly recommend the book. Definitely dive in. Okay. So yeah, like I said, um, my advantage on you, Nick, is that I've seen the Netflix show. Other than that, I haven't played the game, haven't read the books or anything like that. Enjoyed the series. Uh, I did enjoy this film. Okay. Um, we were entertained. Uh, Vesemir, definitely the star of the show. Uh, I thought his character was super entertaining, well-written, great lines. 
I'm glad this was an hour and a half movie and not turned into a series like Castlevania. I don't okay. think this needed to be more than what it was. I felt Agreed. that what it offered, it gave it to me. I didn't need yeah. more and I didn't need less. I only have one small complaint, and I don't know if this happened with you guys, both myself and Christina, my wife, for those listening. But the first 20 minutes, we ended up having to turn the subtitles on. We found the speaking dialogue extremely oh. low. And the, like they'd be saying stuff, and we're both like, what did he say or what did she say? We ended up having to turn oh. the subtitles on because we were like, I just, we were finding it hard to really, like, not all the time. Just because certain sometimes. certain scenes, they would be talking in this low monotone voice, and it was so low that we're like, I didn't hear what they said. We had the volume cranked, everything. Huh. We're like, we had to turn the the subtitles on. So I don't know if maybe that was just, you know, every TV has a different. I don't know. I didn't notice the sound setting or whatever. But I was just curious because well. we we at first I thought it was just me. Christina's like, can you put the subtitles on? Because <laughs> I can't hear anything. Okay, good. I thought it was just me. You're just both going. So for deaf. the first twenty minutes, I'll admit it was a little. <laughs> tough to understand what was really going on and why mm-hmm. seeing the netflix series did help me fill some gaps okay. in understanding like that hatred uh, mark was talking about towards witchers and stuff like that but overall i did enjoy the film and again i'm glad it was just a film and not a series that makes sense i'm impressed at again coming at, at it as someone who really knows squat i just know that witchers are monster mm-hmm. hunters that's it that's all i've got to work yeah. with that's good enough. I was impressed at how much the 90-minute story was able to convey in a way that f- made sense to me but didn't feel super exposition-heavy. Mm-hmm. It still felt like it had yeah, enough sure. action and enough character moments that it didn't feel like you're just shoving an encyclopedia down my throat while I'm trying to watch this thing. Right. Uh, it mm-hmm. felt very fluid, but it did feel like an hour and a half is all it needed. If they tried to make it Correct. longer, as you said, I feel like it would have spread itself too thin. That's what the Netflix show is for. Yeah. Yeah. And I would almost say like, you know, the last arc chapter uh, act is almost unnecessary. It's almost contrived once you understand like the big villain, the big monster, but like what's cool about it. And again, this theme runs through the books, the games, everything. Ultimately the villain is a human and It's, it's very, very, very something, uh, a theory that repeats that, like, to the average person, a monster's a monster. But, like, that's not – the witcher's job is to know monsters. They know things. Just because it doesn't human isn't, doesn't make it a monster in some cases. There are reasons that these, these creatures exist. Some are bad, and they're going to do bad things to you. But not all creatures are bad, which plays out in the series, the games, the books. Yeah. Uh, the worst of the worst of everything is the humans in the world. Oh, <laughs> That's man. the same with wolf stories. Walking Dead. It's not the zombies that are terrible. It's the people. That's why it's so good. <laughs> We're always the worst. I was actually yeah. impressed in the story that it didn't come down to there's a big malevolent monster that's going to eat everyone. It came down to human issues. Yeah. It came down to things mm-hmm. like spiteful revenge or greed like really relatable, understandable motivations. Yes. So that made it a lot easier to tackle. It wasn't the end of the world stuff. It was Mm -hmm. witchers are trying to survive and they can survive by killing monsters, but there's too many witchers. So one of them starts making more monsters out of greed for survival. 
but the tactics mm-hmm. that they're using, the witchers are starting to be underhanded and they're burning bridges and hurting people. And that's where yes. your big bad comes from is someone who's been basically screwed over by a witcher. It's yeah. all very relatable, which I thought was pretty cool. And, like, and because, yeah. you, uh, sorry, because witches are basically looked at as monsters. Yeah. You, know, you can argue that yes. this is just as much as a religious debate or cult debate oh, 100%. <laughs> amongst the, the humans, right? Where witches are humans, but yes. they're looked at as monsters, the, the, the same as the monsters they hunt, right? Yeah. Now, I do have a question. When we go to the beginning and kind of work through the plot of it, two things stood out to me. One is the very opening scene, and then 20 minutes <laughs> into it when we're creating new witchers. I just want to know, in the games or the TV show, do they just murder children wantonly like this thing does? I was shocked. <laughs> well, the blood oh, and gore monsters? in the TV show is is just as much as this anime, if not more. But the number of children... <laughs> Yeah, children are a fair game. Caught me off guard. Yeah, like, um, I don't know that you see it happen as vi- as vividly in the games and stuff. But as you like, do here? Yeah, because... The, no, there's like, no mercy right I, I from don't the beginning. Know. No, man, like, there's, there's no way to put it. The world is brutal because there are monsters. And fair. some of those monsters will indiscriminately mess but- you up. Trigger warning for anyone who has sensitivities, because I'll watch <laughs> damn near anything. I don't care. Yeah, I do watch but, anything. There's really not a lot of limits outside of, like, live actual things. If it's fictional, sure, let's have at it. But if you mm-hmm. have an issue with violence towards children, maybe steer clear of this anime, because it opens with, what, the merchant getting his, I want to say it's two or three daughters and son traveling across the, the countryside yeah. there. Yeah. And... The monster, destroyed. like, destroys him, and then the, the kids go to run. It's like, okay, well, the kids will Don't be in some away. jeopardy, and then the, oh, no, no, <laughs> that one's been ripped apart. Oh, that one's gone, too. Holy <laughs> crap, it's happening on screen. Yeah. And then the Witcher shows up. Our hero doesn't show up to stop the violence. He shows up four-fifths of the way into the brutal murders. Which is great. Does really. some, yes. <laughs> some outlandish action, which... I do appreciate that if they're going to do this as an anime to accompany the yeah. live action. Again, I haven't seen the live action, so maybe it has some impressive stunt work, but there is no way Henry Cavill is leaping off of trees 80 feet in the air and summoning fireballs no. and shit. That's not happening. So I like that this really embraced the yeah. anime side of it. But for him yeah. to take down this monster and then you have this one surviving kid standing there and does our witcher show any compassion? No. He grabs no. all the money that the merchant had left behind after his family is murdered, looks at the kid, and goes, well, there's a town that away. Practice your sad face. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Practice your like sad it's... face. And this is our hero. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about the witcher hero series main is character. that, like, well, that's, that's that the thing. is what I love that is the thing I love about The Witcher is that, like, <laughs> you know, when you get to Geralt, you know, when you get to Geralt, he'll do the right thing more often than not. Right. And sometimes he'll go about doing the right thing in a brutal way because it's the right thing to do. But, like, he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of emotions. But when you understand, like, to your point, Nick, about, like, The Witcher training program, oh, like, yeah. they take children and they don't all make it. 
That is the program. Yeah. Well, and what shocked me is, so they have these kids and they're teaching them in their little fort there to beat each other up with swords and this and that. And they're having them smack each other around. And then and the kids go to them. sleep in their bunker and wake up in a swamp with no warning that they're going to wake up in the swamp. As far as I can tell, unless that's a weird jump cut. Like the one kid just wakes up in the water mm-hmm. going, what the hell? And now there's monsters ripping them apart. I can't think of a single military that in the middle of training <laughs> will go, all right, yeah. cadets, go to sleep. We'll see you at uh, 0600. And then at 0500, the cadets wake up in the middle of Baghdad with shots fired. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah, the, the closest <laughs> comparison would right. be like like the Spartan Agogi when they're like their teens or they're, and they just send them into the wilderness to survive. But he gets sent into the wilderness. These kids not wake up in the wilderness, dropped into the wilderness with no warning. Do you want to know what the messed up part is too? I think they had weapons too. Nothing. No weapons. No nothing. 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 They had their little coin around their neck. (laughs) That's right. The messed up part is, I don't think based off of like what happens to those kids, that's the worst part because that's the they change. <laughs> they change their anatomy in order for them to be able to physically fight monsters and to take the potions they take to further enhance themselves. So it's like the act of getting the kid acclimated. Like it's like taking the iocane powder to build up your resistance. Well, they okay. do that to children, except it kills them. Hold on. So, like, so that's that's my other question. So yes. the alchemists or whoever they are that change the DNA of these kids that will become witchers. Mm -hmm. Is it a limited supply of this stuff? Why not just inject the kids first, put them in their little silo of death, and then if they survive that, drop them into the wilderness to fight monsters? It's like putting Steve Rogers up against the Red Skull before giving him the serum. Like, what the hell? I think it is a limited supply, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. They don't go into this in the show. But I think it is a limited supply. Making a witcher over the years and centuries has gotten harder because witchers were a combination of (laughs) magic and alchemy. And over the years, they found a process that didn't need the magic as much, but like you need rare materials in order to do this. So (laughs) you're not wrong, Nick, but it's almost like who's good enough to survive you. You made it out. Now we'll put the precious potion in you. Yeah. Because you were good enough. It's brutal, yeah. man. It is Because even a witcher only takes the potion when it's absolutely necessary. Fine. In their mind. Yes. But last argument, yeah. when they were testing Steve Rogers, they throw a dud of a grenade to see what he'll oh, do. I know. These guys would throw a live grenade to see what the kid does. <laughs> like, you and your modern sense insane. of Steve didn't know that. Steve he didn't, didn't know, know that. it. Okay, but these kids that. didn't know they were going to wake up in the swamp with sirens trying to murder no. them. Well, they weren't listening to their teacher <laughs> it's the then. Polar extreme, <laughs> like it's when there's a conjunction of the spheres here, and you and, and monsters invade. You'll see how you raise your kids. I mean, <laughs> no lie, I'm watching that going while Parker's out. There's no way he's going to make it. <laughs> Aliana might might use another kid as a human shield and get out of there. She's wily, but if I was a kid, I would have died. I would have still been sleeping when they. Killed I mean, me. hell. I wake up at that spot, I'm probably done. My knees are going to give out. I'd probably, I was hung over. <laughs> None of yeah, us would have made it out of that swamp. I will never be a witcher. Not, not at all. I'm lacking the glorious hair that a witcher requires. I'm like the hairy goblin that he kills. <laughs> but I do like that it shows how brutal the witchers are to start, and it gives some basis for why Vesemir 
has a turn because he goes from being an absolute mm-hmm. bastard to being yeah. not quite a hero, but at least a relatively sensible. good guy. Yeah, there's there's some morals you know? there. He's sensible. Mm-hmm. He has an arc, and yeah. it would be difficult to convey why he has that change if he's not seeing this kind of awful stuff reminding him of that being done to him and everything mm-hmm. he went through mm-hmm. to become a witcher it works but oh my good god is it terrible yeah i recommend you watch the netflix show nick i think you'd I like plan it. to i feel like i'm better awesome. off having seen this first because now i have an idea of you know what what i think it. so you might have interesting you might be right. looking at it that way and i'm more invested in it now and i think so. like I can guarantee you'd love the game, you'd love the show, you'd love the books. Like it's. I don't know if I'd have time. Love the game. Know, I already bought Witcher two. Witcher four, so well if that's ever it. coming, I might do that one. But like, I don't know if I can yeah. go back. <laughs> Geralt is an awesome character, and the world is fascinating because I feel like one of the cool things about Geralt to me is that there's a lot of crap going on in the world, and he's kind of apolitical. He doesn't care. He is just right. there to kill monsters. Oh, there's a big war breaking out. That's nice. You want to pay me to kill the monster for you? <laughs> like he's just kind of yeah. stoic in his approach. But along the way, there are ethical and moral choices. What is what is right? And sometimes what's right is, no, the monster gets to live. You might not that's like interesting. that. But that's what's that's what's right here. And they, I would even touch on the elves and how they got screwed over and all the, all the stuff. Yeah, there like, seems to be a yeah, lot about that. But that's what's kind of fascinating by the end of this is the witchers constantly killing monsters puts themselves in a position to basically be unemployed, right? Yeah. So yes. it's to their favor that monsters are around. <laughs> Which becomes the crux of yeah. this film. Correct. The idea that the yes. current head of the, the witchers is helping create monsters with the alchemists to basically create future jobs mm-hmm. but you can't yeah. control these monsters so when you put them out there you're like oh yeah i'll just put them out there and it'll kill maybe a few townsfolk and scare them and we'll still have jobs but you're killing a lot of people with these things because they're making some terrifying well, I, hybrid monsters yeah they're they're also making monsters that are capable of killing a witcher <laughs> yeah <laughs> because they're because they're they're crossbreeding monsters a witcher would run into one and be like, well, that's odd. It shouldn't be able to do that. Right. And so it's interesting how that affects, like the end of this show, Vesemir lets the monster go. Yeah. Yeah. Like the monster he's chasing, he lets go. He only kills the lady and then he goes and rescues what's left after the major assault. Right. So it's again, it's one of those things like the right decision. It's the right decision. Um, because in that moment, the worst things that are happening are it's that mage and the head of Kaer Morin who are the worst of it. And it's kind of nice, the, the Arctic, the guy who's, you know, the bad witcher who's making all the monsters, when they're turned back on him and unleashed on the witchers and he's watching his his wards being slaughtered, oh, yeah. he realizes exactly what his actions have cost. Again, it's a great, again, for an anime, it's a great little little story people have cool little arcs nothing to overthink well and because it's a prequel they can basically say you know what we're going to do whatever we want because any character that's in this doesn't necessarily have to exist later so exactly all heads are kind of able to roll by the time this is over nobody's safe with the exception of vesemir i suppose if you know that he exists as a mentor and that's it like everybody else is free to kill 
Yeah. I did not know that going yeah. in. <laughs> so well, I was I surprised didn't, that the I didn't body know they count. Would do that. <laughs> the body count got but, yeah, very surprising. Yeah, they had awesome elements. But I like the way they've set that up and the idea that Vesemir finds out his mentor is the one helping create these things, again, further kind of pushes him towards, no, I, I can't be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. And you would think that maybe the the mage would not want to kill Vesemir since he's siding with her and saying we need to get this stuff cleaned up, but she's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of leads into what Wayne was talking about, where, like, the mage's perspective is it's almost zealotry. Yeah. Witchers must die. Witchers are a problem. Witchers are subhuman. They're no different than the monsters we're fighting. Yes. But what I found interesting, so, and again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched this. I don't know why you listen to us. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. I think everything we do is a spoiler. Well, yeah. (laughs) Everything we do is a spoiler. But I was satisfied enough when it was, okay, she's basically a religious zealot. She's an extremist. Witchers have to go because they're basically impure. That was fine. But when you find out it's because her mother was murdered by the underhanded dealings of a witcher trying to create work Mm -hmm. and basically framing her mother for being a monster, that is a much more personable, spiteful, I want revenge thing that I can get behind. It makes you accept it. Because yeah, now like, went, I went, you know what? I get it. In her shoes, I'm doing the same thing. All witches Absolutely. must die. 100%. And now it made sense why she wouldn't pair up with Vesemir even after him saying, hey, you know what? This isn't right and we have to undo all of this. If it was You're just no the, the zealotry, she should at least pair up with him for pragmatic reasons. But the hate's too personal. I really dug that. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do a really good job. All the characters' motivations made sense in the moment. And that's yeah. not always easy to do in storytelling so it was handled well i even appreciate the a character we've not talked about which is the i don't know what you call her but like an advisor on the court yes as you learn later his old childhood friend his old childhood friend is just witcher's age slower so yeah while vesemir appears to be a man in his 30s she's an old woman yeah, she's like 90. Um, I, I did like that line yeah. when they were looking at each other and he wants to kiss her. And she's like, I'm mm. Vesemir, I'm 70. And he's just like, so am I. Yeah, I, like, I thought. He is. When he said he might that, look I was 30, like, but he he's so just as old. Smooth. So that, that was great. Yes. <laughs> just so am I. I was like, he is yeah. so smooth. She won't be, but he is so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> he had me. I was very impressed. He had me at 70. <laughs> yeah. Break out the ointment. I'm just saying. I was impressed. <laughs> Guy's got skills. Uh, I love it. But I did like that. You have all these flashbacks to Vesemir as a child, you know, working as basically mm-hmm. a stable hand under a master with his childhood friend, this girl. And all those flashbacks leading to why he chooses to become a witcher because he wants to have fame and fortune and a greater station in life. And now mm-hmm. all these years later... She's the one force that's trying to protect the witchers. And at the beginning, I thought it was a high-minded political thing of, no, the witchers can be good. They can be helpful. But no, Mm -hmm. it's a personal motivation. It's her love. It's her childhood love. She's Mm -hmm. going to extreme lengths to try and save him. Like all personal Mm -hmm. motivations in this made sense to me. I was really impressed with that. And of course, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I found her motivations to also like, 
they're personal, but she's not wrong. She's not like, wrong. The, but why she pushed that hard makes sense, right? <laughs> right. Yes. It's yeah. the strength of someone's conviction usually needs to be personal if it's going to be that hard lined. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I like that they they found little personal reasons for it. And all of this high-minded stuff of character development and and lore aside, holy f- did this movie look cool at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The action. The action's insane. Unreal. Like, Unreal. What was that that spot on the the bridge battle when Vesemir is jumping up and grabbing onto like a demon dragon and ripping into it in the air and then leaping off oh, of it and landing on other flying creatures. Chain? He's doing air combos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's got the awesome chain. So he like whips the chain, yeah. whips it into the monster, sticks it, uses that to pull himself closer to cut off its wings yeah. and leap onto another one. Or the Witcher who had his arm taken off when he was a kid during those initial trials yeah, yes. and has continued to be a Witcher to this day with one arm, but he's swinging yes. a weapon with his good arm and firing magic out of his non-existent arm. I thought that yes. smoked. That was yeah. so well, cool. The, that awesome fight where the mage teams up with Vesemir. Yes. And that creature comes out and it's that wicked like – they're, they're actually the fire ice combo. saving each other. Yes. They're saving yeah. each other in the middle of that fight where it's like she's about to get hit. He uses art or something to like hit it to save her. Then she'll do a shield to save him. And it's almost like they've always fought together, but they've yeah. never fought together. They're just yeah. working so well. It was briefly a buddy comedy. Yeah. And like her encasing the, the monster in ice and then him filling the entire thing with fire. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yes. Sticking it, like <laughs> punching his arm through the dome and letting it go. Unbelievable. But single best action moment in the entire thing for me is the fight between Vesemir and the mage at the end because I've never seen mm. teleport used so intelligently. Oh. I'm so used yes. to the person who has teleport teleporting themselves to keep dodging away. Instead, she's teleporting him so that he can't get a bead on her because <laughs> yeah. his environment keeps changing. I'm frustrated with him because this yeah. is like, oh, yes. Christ. Like every time he goes That'd to attack her, yeah. he ends up somewhere else in the room. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. It was so good. While also using her powers of, like, illusion manipulation so that even when he thinks he's winning a fight, he's not. She's convincing him that he's lost an arm, that he's stabbing people who he isn't, gets him to stab his own true love by accident. Like, she screws him over so brutally. I was thoroughly impressed with that fight. I thought it was, hands down, best five minutes of the whole thing. It was cool. And honestly, one of the things I... Genuinely liked about it is, yeah, he, that's not a fight he should win. No, and he doesn't. No, like he, he needs to be saved at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like you shouldn't. He should never win that fight. Like in, and it's true to the lore of that world. Mages are, are the most powerful thing in that world. They're absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um. So a Witcher is impressive, but a mage like is worth 10 witchers like it's yeah. it's yeah. unbelievable i was impressed at the unbridled power that a mage holds in this it was it's unreal <laughs> it's it's really impressive and all of that justifies when she shows up with basically hell's army you're like okay but why are they gonna listen to her that's why because we need to argue with yeah. her yeah. <laughs> like, just unbelievable so some pretty wild action 
And of course, this story justifies why there's really no witchers left because they died. Yeah, well, and again, diving into that, that the greater story of the witcher, they're hard to make. So when they mm-hmm. die on mass, it's not easy to make another one. Yeah. Right. And when you're, when you're looking at what he's left with, he's left with children. Well, it's going to take a while for them to be full grown witchers. Yeah. Mm. You know, and one of hell, one of them ends up being our titular character from the games and the books. So it takes a while to get that witcher to that level. So it's pretty I don't cool. Know. I mean, you uh, know that like the very next scene in that movie is them going back to the swamp and him going, all right, let's see which one of you kids makes it out of this. <laughs> no, they already made it there. Uh, maybe they didn't. <laughs> Who knows? But I also wonder, it changes the way Vesemir teaches, right? Because he's I been hope so. Nick, not yeah. knowing anything about the Witcher, did you catch that the main kid at the end was Geralt there yes. for the games? Okay, I wasn't sure yeah, how like, much you knew, but... I know enough just Because if you don't know of... that, you might be like, am I supposed to know that name? Or <laughs> No, as soon as I said the name, I had the aha moment of, ah, this is how they tied That's... into the right, games okay. and the show. Because I wasn't sure timeline-wise how far before the TV oh. show this was. So at no the idea. end when they introduced Geralt, which in all fairness, this little kid has no hair. This kid's like Charlie Brown in this mm-hmm. thing. Or Caillou or something. That's the drugs. So, yeah. ah, because I'm used to seeing Henry Cavill with the long flowing long, locks of hair locks. or all of the yeah. games that I have <laughs> not just... played yet with the long flowing locks of hair. It's the main reason I want to play so I can have that hair. I just, I want to live vicariously <laughs> through that character. So Yeah, combined, hey, the three of us maybe if, don't maybe really account a for a lot like of hair. Kid, I'll, I'll no, get the hair. No. Yeah, the three of us hey, don't I'll count for this, a lot it. of hair. I have the most... <laughs> I mean, uh, the- and, uh, in The Witcher 3, you can cut your hair. <laughs> I don't All think right. you can shave your head in The Witcher 3, but you can cut it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Put me in the swamp. It's worth it. Yeah. Done. So I enjoyed yeah, this. I thought it was show. worth watching, whether or not you're a fan of the stuff, because yeah. I've seen none of it, and I had a good time. Yeah, I'd say if you are um, if you know nothing about The Witcher, you're not a fan of it, this is still a really good anime. Yeah. Well written, well acted, yeah. well very violent. It's, it's very <laughs> and, and again, it's just to compliment good. the artistic side of it, it looks really good. It does. I might oh, even argue it's, it's a little great. better looking than than Castlevania, even with the animation style. Now, I don't know if that's because with a with a movie you oh, can put maybe. a little bit more effort since you're concentrated maybe. into that one time versus having to take yes. a shorter time to do longer, you know, episodes and stuff, but. I would say yeah. that this looked as good as the last season of Castlevania, where they'd really stepped up. Right. That's what I would say, is it looks on par with especially, the best that Castlevania had. Especially the last fight. I like the monster designs better in The Witcher okay. than Castlevania. Yeah, they're wild in this. <laughs> Not to take anything away oh, from Castlevania. It's still great, just I prefer no, the monster these ones were wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say that that's true for The Witcher as, as a franchise as a whole. That okay. The monster yeah. design. Oh, it's man, it's incredible. Like... The, even their version of a vampire isn't what you would think the version of a vampire is Striga. It's, yeah. it's, it's brutal. <laughs> so it's awesome. Yeah, definitely one I recommend. But we'll bring this one to a close. Uh, when we come back, we're going to watch a film that was touted as being the next great thing. And it, as far as I understand, bankrupted an animation studio. We're going to watch Final <laughs> Fantasy Spirits Within. And see how uh, yeah. how well that cutting yes. edge animation holds up, what, 20 years later? Something like that? I think I own that. You know what? I know I own it on DVD. It's I'm gonna look sure blurry. Too. I'm gonna see if I can find I a, a high def copy of this Do thing I? so I can I feel sorry see for all Christina of the details. On this one. Ah. 
I'm sure it's just as good as I remember. <laughs> now, whether or not I remember it being any good is a different question. Once again, we thank yeah. you all for joining us on Press X to Reload. As always, I've been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, I'm the Witcher. <laughs> I am not the Witcher. Have a good one. Yeah, toss a coin to your video game reviewer. <laughs> we'll catch you next yeah, time. Yeah, toss a coin. <laughs> Love it. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next stage.